Welcome to the Raising Men Show, and we're back in it again. Right here on WKBY 1080 AM in Chatham, Virginia, Remnant Media, and all of the other affiliates and stations that we do share the airways with. Kaden and I are still in that conversation we're having. It was a good one. It was a long one. This conversation that we need to have as parents with our children. It was something that turned in this one as well, where Kaden wanted to ask me a question about how he's living his life. Hmm. Stay tuned. Parents, let your children ask you some questions. But when they do, make sure you answer honestly, truthfully, and transparently. I think it's awesome. And that's and that's why I don't, you know, fuss at you or fight with you to go. You know, I just want you to be safe. Mm-hmm. And I always encourage you to go do and, and live and do. And to me, this is what living looks like. Mm-hmm. If If living is you driving to L.A. once a week or sometimes multiple times a week, to give back or be a part of an organization and I know a lot of ways you want to go to the camp too right mm-hmm. so if this is the way you like, to go I get to tell the other ones I was like I get to have more camp than you do what you gonna do about it yeah you're yeah. not gonna stick around. I mean you can if you want to yeah. but you know, it's not gonna a lot you're gonna be able to do um, sure um, at least it, it's in between camp like counselor stuff is a lot different than I thought it would be sure and there was a part of me that was almost kind of like disappointed because like well this isn't the, the the exact same wholesome stuff that i thought it was going to be which, hmm. which is <laughs> yeah. which is which is fine but it, my, I, it was a lot of new new for me and i was like sure. okay i kind of had to come at it from a different angle i, like, I don't want to hate camp i don't want this sure. to take away from my whole experience i get yeah. to i don't want to to make myself feel ostracized um when i'm not so it's like I found some cool people I could hang out with that want to hang out with me as well, and we mm-hmm. get to bond over this kind of commonality between all of us. Sure, and it's it shifted and become something new and different for me, and still kind of kept that same energy that I I looked to as a kid or as a camper. So. I like the fact that you realized it wasn't the it wasn't like the Willy Wonka perfect <laughs> exactly you know everlasting <laughs> gobstopper. They took the filter off. And then what's it called? They started moving the set and started filming the next scene. I was like, oh, okay. I just saw Willy Wonka light a cigarette. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that part. That part. You know. But I, th- I think, though. He took the top hat off and the wig came with it. You know what I'm saying? And he really is bald. The hair came off. You know, I I, I think that's what I love the most, the most, too, because you can choose now to believe that there's a great organization like with life, mm-hmm. that's still full of imperfect people, mm-hmm. but they're still working to make a difference in their own way, mm-hmm. and it's okay to be different, you know. And that's what I think is the greatest learning that you're ever going to get for now, mm-hmm. right? That you're seeing all walks of life, you're seeing where you want to fit. I met more black people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've met what several now, three, four. One, two, three, four. Um, at least four. They're probably saying the same thing. <laughs> um, my brother, my people, Wakanda forever. Two of them. I didn't. Even, I don't even remember their names now. <laughs> How do you forget the names? Only two. I didn't even know well, the, the two other ones. That are, are, no, you're hard time. <laughs> so few of them. You should be looking. You didn't name either Tyrone or Jethro. Not playing. Not Jethro. <laughs> Not Jethro. Okay, Tyrone. Uh, she, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll cut that part out too. Sorry. 
My bad. But I I love it. I I love it. Mm-hmm. It yeah. Do I do I, am I up at night wondering what you're doing? Am I you know yeah? This is for real. Am I alive? Are you alive? You know, what I'm saying? I mean, I worry about you. Know, don't overstay your welcome because I don't know these people. Mm-hmm. You're you don't know them either, but you're growing to know them. You know them better than I do. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want. I think I think the selfish part of me is I just don't want you to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want you disappointed by looking so much to get friendship and validation from this group that you you grew. Well, true. You kind of you grew up looking at the organization, mm-hmm. when in reality, the campers that you knew really aren't really there, mm-hmm. and you're you're into the allure of what the repre- what the organization represents. But now, learning they're representing that in light of their current group of counselors, and you can have this ah moment versus then you've had your aha moment it kind of feels like i'm sitting at the same level as them now because when i was first going but you are and like i I, mentally i've realized it because when we first when i first went up i still kind of felt like i was a camper i was like can i like should i be here am i allowed to do allowed to do this sure is is this so is this fine and it was like, I feel like it's almost kind of like I, I snuck into the meeting. They can't stop me now. It's yeah. started. But yeah. no, I, I'm supposed to be here and I'm, I'm part of the, the process and I'm meeting a lot of new people and they get to see the whatever weird shirt I'll bring with me next sure. time that has my face on it. Sure. And, um, he knows what I'll, I, what I'll bring next time, but he knows. But I love it because you were actually trend setting and leading through your experience of what you would want to bring to the organization, but I think you're doing it for what you wanted to give get out of the organization. Mm-hmm. And if you're actually becoming that, you're actually challenging them to grow and become better as counselors themselves because they're feeling your energy, mm-hmm. you know, your passion. Okay, for those who don't say energy, oh my gosh, it's not a Christian thing. No, <laughs> come on now, let's let's be for real. Your passion for the organization, your drive for it. You're coming from a place of gratitude and thankfulness for what this organization did for you and your brothers, right? But mm-hmm. now you get a de- chance to do it yourself and say, "Hey, look, this is this is what Kessa means to us and to me, and I'm excited. Here we go." Mm-hmm. And so, and a lot of them, like you've told me before, they don't really know what Kessa means because mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of people that have been to in-person camp. Mm-hmm. The, the online is very different from the in-person oh yeah i mean that's the same thing with anything because what what the pandemic has done and zoom or google me already makes it difficult sure do anything that interactive you know but when but when you really think about it right kesem has done their job Mm -hmm. they have actually raised what the bible talks is right right to train up a child in the way you should go and when they're old they won't depart from it they've basically trained up five young men one of which now once four yeah sorry thank you math's off i'm tired Uh, he trained up four young men right one of which is giving back to their to their organization and the way that they would want you to go and and bring that kind of catch some passion right catch some excitement catch some love so to speak that's what they want they want a person who's like sold out for them you know what i'm saying you you you'll rock catch some in a minute, anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I've that's, been wearing it to work sometimes too. Yeah. The shirts. See, and that's 
that's killing two birds or multiple birds with one stone because for me, it's showing that you're just becoming you know, confident in what you're doing. You're expressing your belief system and what you're excited about mm-hmm. in your everyday life with these creations of clothing and apparel and just in general. And then at the same time, you're giving back to something that gave to us. And you're, we don't, you're no longer taking, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. And so often in life, a lot of folks just want to get and they don't want to give. And that's just not who we are. We, we give. Mm-hmm. Especially to those who gave to us when we needed it. And you've already said you want to give back to some kid who had a need, mm-hmm. has a need. And you're doing it. And I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll get to meet some of the campers on the Friends and Family Day, I think on the 26th. Okay. Um, so it'll be definitely interesting. There'll be a lot of new. I kind of want to work with the middle school kids because they're still in that awkward, like, cringe phase. <laughs> but at the same time, the little kids aren't that bad, but I don't know if I want to work with the little kids all week. The little kids aren't bad, but they they require a specific person. <laughs> yeah. A specific talent group. Yes. We are, definitely are an acquired, acquired. <laughs> it's acquired taste. Yes. Well, I'm excited. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, keep doing it. I don't have any reservations with doing it. Don't worry about making mistakes. Because if you worry about making mistakes, you're going to make more mistakes than you would have normally mm-hmm. so don't worry about it i mean yeah you'll get parking tickets you get speeding tickets you can get accidents we just we just pray we minimize the negative effect mm-hmm. you know what i mean we're not speaking those things into your life right of accidents and stuff like that we want you to mm-hmm. be blessing you to be safe base blessing you to be free in but not to ever play scared mm-hmm. i it's kind of um Finding I get to experience. I didn't really think I would get to experience a lot of this college stuff. I was like, well, I'm going to community college, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be one of the people that has to literally work till they're dead. Sure. Because I'm not working. I don't didn't go to a bigger college or all these other things. And I was like, well, now I, I mean, I I guess I don't. I just get like to have these like other like problems and like drama stuff. You get to, it's not, there's no real drama. Kissing. It's just like it's just kissing. There's no real drama. Um, of course, we're still people, but mm-hmm. it's kind of funny to I get to think and talk about these things. I was like, well, I don't really think I get I get to now, and I, I almost mm-hmm. like I can complain or tell like you hear, like come oh my gosh you hear me like complain when I come home to work about it, but I almost I'm not really complaining. I'm talking about it, but I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, it annoys me, but it's like well I get to have it though. Yeah, even yeah. though it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, but the cool thing is that you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. You chose to seek out a job. Right, and you got the job from seasonal, blessed to be transitioned to full time. Mm-hmm. You're there from minimal hours to you know, Four to eight. right? Even you have a benefit package now, and which I think is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and at 18 years of age to be able to do these kind of things, yeah, I understand. There's there's no one path to get through life, so. If you think that college is the only way, it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have any rules set that, oh, you're going to do this. Well, I want you to be happy. I want you to find out what you're passionate about mm-hmm. and go do that. And you'll be better off for it because you'll be able to do the things that make you excited about getting up in the morning mm-hmm. versus, I hate my job. Mm-hmm. I hate what I do. And as, and as you grow and find whatever that is that you do, you're going to be better for it. 
be nice to retail workers please <laughs> i hear that and you have to do the same when you become you know maybe you decide not to be in this field all the time oh i will not be here my entire life this this is this is going to be a period of my life yeah. that i'm going to get us i i want to become a team lead i hope that pay is increased because i'm a team <laughs> lead because um that's more responsibility that you are required to do um but i'm not i'm not going to be in nine to five jobs forever I, i'm not i, I personally I, I refuse to be in for for me personally i refuse to be there for my entire life well then, um, then it's already done its job mm-hmm. my first my first job was retail. I what actually, store did you work at? I worked at Rudd's Christian Family Supplies. Mm-hmm. It, it was, yeah, it was uh, for, worked for Paul and Jane Rudd. The Rudd family was gave me my first job at mm-hmm. technically 15 and a half, but 16 years old. We had just moved to uh, Oxnard, California, and my dad was just got a pastor of church there, Bethel AME Church in that area. And they didn't know me from a hole in the ground. I just moved to the city. And I honestly don't even know how I got to that store to apply. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think my dad went into the store because it was the only Christian bookstore in the city. But the but the Rudd's family, the father, the the, 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 the original Mr. Rudd, he had several stores and he had two sons. When the father got to the point where he didn't want to run the businesses anymore, he, you know, the stores went to the two brothers, my boss at the time, Paul, and he got, he was running the store that I was at in, on 6th Street, and he had the store in Camarillo, and then his brother had the store in Ventura, and... Do you know if this shop is still running? Oh, yeah, yeah, store's still open. So still open. I, now I don't know where I don't know where all their locations. Are. I I know I'm pretty sure that their Camarillo store is still open. Mm-hmm. I I want to believe that their store in the Esplanade Mall in Oxnard is still open. I want to believe. I don't know. I don't think the store on Sixth Street is open anymore. Just to I don't know, but I I will have to reach out to them on social media and ask them. But I'd, um, I I want to say my dad went there one day just to get stuff that he needed for church. And I think I just kind of blurted out, hey, are you hiring? I know they may have had a hiring sign there. And I got an application and they hired me. And I'm thankful because I did work with them throughout the rest of my high school, the next two years of high school. So I started when I was a junior. So a junior, senior, worked for them right after school as much as I could daily. And then I worked on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Not Sundays, because they weren't open on Sundays. So I worked pretty much Monday through Friday and Saturday. And um, I remember retail being tough. I used to do inventory control. I was the guy that get the boxes of books and junk when they came in. I would price it and, you know, inventory package slips. And I would always screw up the counts and not mm-hmm. sign stuff right. Hey, I need this. Did you do that? Oh, mispriced things. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was frustrated because I could do better. But I didn't like working in the stock room. Back there in a, in a little, seriously, it was actually mm-hmm. like a dark hole in the back of the office. I hated that. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to work out in the front where the people were. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to, and, and like you said, people are not always nice to retail workers, Christian but, bookstore or not. 
Mm-hmm. But I wanted to learn to then print greeting cards. They used to emboss uh, people's names on Bibles and stuff, leather Bibles back then. People used to carry Bibles, a lot of electronic <laughs> stuff now, but 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, then I got a chance to. Back you know, when wheels were rocks. Exactly. <laughs> I used to. Um, we used to print the family names on greeting cards. When he used to give greeting cards and for Christmas and stuff, so I started printing those. That was my first chance to get out onto the floor. I used to print those and learn to do Bibles. Mm-hmm. Then I, we had a couple of days being short on staff, and when I'm putting books away, people would ask questions, and I would listen to the other salespeople at the time tell about what they did, and how to help customers, and I would help customers. I would go and I scurry back in the back, and I made it known, hey, I don't want to do book you know unboxing anymore i want to sell mm-hmm. and so they they let me do both for a while and eventually i did nothing but sell right you know and um but they're great people i really enjoyed my experience i had but like you said i knew it wasn't something i wanted to make a career out of because my next job was <laughs> i used to i worked in a machine shop and dude was great you know mr dodd jim dodds but i was the dirt cleanup guy a dirty machine would come in from a customer. I had to clean up, clean it up for it, get all the oil and the grit and grime off of it. They used to take all the mechanical parts of a machine, and that company used to make it digital, make it computer driven. Prime it ready for paint, paint it. I was the paint guy. I was the cleanup guy. I was the go. I was the go fetch and get it guy. I hated that, but it reminded me of what I didn't want to do. My next job was working for Mobile Oil. During the software experience, I worked out in the middle of an oil field during the summer. 100 and plus god-awful heat mm-hmm. in the dirt, in the sun. And for nine of the 12 weeks I was there, I dug ditches and uh, fixed uh, leaky oil pipes I watched over rattlesnakes and bobcats and almost, you know, tried not to get killed and hurt and maimed by other people who weren't paying attention on their job mm-hmm. as well. And I knew what I didn't want to do, but it helped that? me know and learn what I did want to do. Mm-hmm. So when I got to work the next three weeks in the office as an engineer, I knew that I wanted to treat the guys fairly that were out in the field. Because I watched how some of the engineers talked to some of those guys in the field. And I watched how the guys in the field for mobile would tell me, hey, when you go in the office, you treat folks fair. We're humans out here, too. And some of the stuff that y'all tell us to do out here isn't going to work. You won't may know the math, but we know the field. So I was able to leverage those relationships and keep track of my folks out there, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And it felt great to to know that everybody's got a something great to to offer to the to the party so to speak to, mm-hmm. the, to the conversation to this discussion I think it helped me become a better person and I know this experience is going to do the same for you working with me with the framework working with people <laughs> in Target and granted yeah there was a there was a selfish side of that I didn't want you all to ever have to worry about working outside of the home or family business but that's kind of part of our journey I guess is it to is. You know, the, the, it's not. I'm not going to say the extra money does not help. Sure, it is, it, it's a very nice because uh, not having to come and ask you, hey, can I have money for this, or yeah. can you pay for my classes again that sure. I might may or may not fail. Sure. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. But no, having being paid for my classes now, I guess 
there's more of an incentive, more of an incentive to pass them because it's my money. Um, but I think that's what it's been if it's done its job as well, right? Where you needed to see what it was like to work for someone other than your dad. Mm-hmm. And you can take those positives from both because, you know, I'm a loony, you know, and they're loonies too, but you can take the positive side of both <laughs> sets of loony groups, right? And determine who you want it to be when it becomes being a boss. Mm-hmm. People working with you and for you, how do you want to be received? So you're able to kind of help you become who you are as you shape and you, and you decide, hey, I don't want to work for anybody all of my life. Mm-hmm. Well, that means that you need to find these entrepreneurial pathways that we're trying to, I'm trying to forge, right? And you say, mm-hmm. oh, you go and fix it, then I'll follow behind. And, and we're, so you'll have to do that along the way mm-hmm. and keep going and find other mentors that are in the same thing. Alan's one of them too. Alan mm-hmm. hasn't worked really for anyone consistently throughout his life. He's been his only boss creating those avenues. So those are people we need to connect you with. I'm really excited about that conversation that Ken and I were able to have. When you, as a parent, I've been thinking a lot of times, you know, am I doing a good job? Am I not? But I find myself focusing so often on the negatives, the parts when I have to yell and scream, the parts when I have to be the disciplinarian, the warden, the guidance counselor, you know, the doctor, the lawyer, you know, the tax accountant, the, you know, the scheduler, the, the, everything that's keeps us driving and having to do things over and over and, you know, trying to remind the kids to do their chores, when not to do the chores, when to get up and I have to be on the alarm clock as well. It's the doing, the doing, the doing that can make a parent weary and tired, frustrated, resent our children. But that's not the only part of our lives as parents. You know, there are parental lives have the benefits also of conversations like this. Those little moments when you can look and see that the light is really coming on for our children, our young adults and eventually our adults. Will they ever be adults to us? Will they not ever stop feeling like, you know, like there are little kids? You know, I'm sure they'll always feel like that moment when we brought them home from the hospital, wrapped in that funny-looking hospital blanket in that ridiculous little sock beanie to keep their little tiny, little, or in some cases, them big heads warm. But... We have to see them for who they are. We've got to allow them to become and grow into who they will become because we're still growing into who we're becoming. Some of us may have it, you know, everything on lock right now and we're not growing. And for those people that aren't growing anymore and aren't becoming something more, you know, that's good if, you're all, if you've already arrived, if you're, if you're at death's door and you're getting ready to pass on and transition from this life into the next. Okay, great. I get it. You don't need to grow anymore. But if you're still a person of a life-living age and you don't have a terminal disease or you don't have a time where the doctors say you only have so many more months or moments to live, then we need to continue to be growing. We need to be having conversations like this where we're open to hearing feedback about us positively and negatively as well as providing some positive and negative feedback about who we are and what we are and where we're going to be and where we're going to go and and ex- 
things like that. Because that's the only way we're going to grow. And even the concept of raising men, the topic, the, the community, the business, the family, this is what we were supposed to do. This is what I set out to do. This is what my wife and I really had when we had that first conversation when she told me, and for those who have been riding with for a long time, you've heard this story. She and I were having a conversation. She was like, oh my gosh, I think we had three kids at that time. She says, oh my God, man, we have got so many, so many little kids and so many children. And I said, we don't have little children, not raising little children, not raising little boys. We're raising men. And from that point on, it shaped and changed our paradigm about or how our view of who our kids were. If we raised our offspring, our children, with the mindset of what we wanted them to be long term at the end. I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to raise them to be a basketball star, so I'm going to train them from, from the crib to the court. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. If you've got a little daughter or, or a little son, yeah, they're, they're, that's what they are at that moment. And you've got to raise them. The, the Bible says to train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're older or old, depending on the translation, it means later in life, at some moment beyond the headache and the heartache and the frustration that they're giving you at that particular moment, sometime in the future, they won't depart from it. They'll return to what they were supposed to be from the training that you set inside. Years ago, there was a saying that says, practice makes perfect. And so many of us have continued to use that phrase over and over throughout our modern day lives. Practice is perfect. Practice makes perfect. As I've been writing this, um, one of my books, one of my mentors, writing mentors, he told me, he says, Kevin Mullen says, you know what, that's not really true what I had actually written that line in the book. And he had led me to do some research on that topic. We used to say, oh yeah, it takes 21 days to make a habit. But in modern I should say modern research, but there's been some more research to show that it actually takes 66 days of consistent, repetitive effort to make a habit. And you miss one day along that path and you got to start those 66 all over again. So it's, it's difficult and challenging and can be frustrating from time to time to make a habit. But I tell you, once you get that thing locked in, once you stay consistent to it, it's, it pays off. And parents, it's going to take us days and days and over and over again and again and again with our kids having the same conversation, do the same thing, pick up this, pick up that, get up in the morning, go to bed at night, stand up, speak up, do your homework, whatever it is that you're trying to teach and impart, it makes sense, but it takes the repetitive actions on our part to hopefully get to the repetitive actions on their part. I don't want to say hopefully, but because they've got to do their part too. We've got to be able to stay in this thing and not be frustrated, not give up, not be concerned that our living is in vain. And right here on the Brazen Men Show, you're going to continue to live and watch our life out here because I don't want my living to be in vain as a parent. I want another man to be able to see that there's hope. 
And there's a message of hope here that you get every Tuesday right here on WKBY and all of the rest of our affiliates. We'll be with you guys all next week as we continue with another discussion.